Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait What, a comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. Welcome to the Cursed installment. Wait What, episode 55.1. It's the podcast so nice we had to record it twice. No, really, we had to record it twice. Something on my computer got screwed up, and I can't even talk about it anymore. I'm sorry. Let's just chalk it up to nice as the reason. Installment one is just under an hour, and Graham McMillan and I have a very, very long chat about Flashpoint number five and Justice League number one, with many digressions, dramatic readings, and punchy, semi-epiphanic realizations along the way. We hope you enjoy it, and hope you check back in a day or two for episode 55's dramatic conclusion. As always, thanks for listening. And take two. <laughs> Take three. They're small. Son of a bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we should explain. We have actually just podcasted for an hour and three quarters before we realized that thanks to, uh, I think we'll call it technical difficulties. uh, None of it was actually real. And so this is the second time we're doing this podcast. Oh my God. You know what this is? That was our fucking Flashpoint podcast. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, are you telling me that this is us trying to catch up with herself in the time stream and then someone's going to appear and be like, time has been split in three? Yes, exactly. I fucked up your timeline, but you're only finding out about it now because you did a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't matter and you're either going to have to redo it again or, well, anyway, but the main point is fuck you. So, yeah. Hey, do, do, do you know that monkey song? The, the, do I have to do it all over again? No. That should be the theme song of this podcast. Right. Ju- there, there's, a, there's a monkey song called Open Brackets, Long Title, Close Brackets. That's actually part of the title. Uh, do I have to do this all over again? Monkey's song. Are you making a note so you can add, add it to this? Yes, yes I can. Because Listeners, we're really not joking. We honestly have just talked for an hour and 45 minutes and well, now we've talked for everything yeah. again for yeah. you. So anyone who thinks that we don't love you, um, we do. We really do. We really, really do. Also, for those of you who think that that Jeff doesn't sound like a, a little girl when he cries, you are absolutely wrong. Absolutely. Oh wrong. come on! You weren't sounding that bad. I, I, Graham, you're being very nice, but technically, I I sobbed. I sobbed like I, like a banshee, and not in the X Men character sense of that term. You didn't sob like an Irishman who no, 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 no. started off with a really long face and then weirdly got younger as time went on. You also forgot to mention the worst Irish stereotype uh, language-wise ever. He was well, so... at least when he started. I, I think he ended up being Claremontized, which was still better than Roy Thomas's version of an Irish. Yeah, that is true. Because but... I, I want to say that he did say things like Faith and Begora when he first appeared. Oh, he totally did. He may have actually said them in the first couple of issues of Claremont, though, as well. So He was young then. That was before he was writing things like the focus totality of my psychic powers and all of those classics. Hey, and all of those classics. Oh, my God, we should totally record a Chris Claremont's Greatest Hits commercial. <laughs> so remember this? By my, you know, it just scrolls <laughs> no down all the lines and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> By my blank betrayed. Welcome to the X Men. Hope you enjoy the experience. Like it just scroll on for like five minutes. I don't know what we'd have in the. Oh, and in the background we'd have Hugh Jackman singing because that would be. Oh, that would be spectacular. Yeah, that that would be the only appropriate answer. Do you mind holding on for just one second, listeners? Don't worry, I'm going to edit this out so you don't actually have to hear it. But I have to go get the. 
little bit of um, of uh, instant coffee that Edie made me to keep me from like sobbing openly. Is, is, is this going to be the only thing that's going to keep you alive? While you do that, Jeff, yes. I am going to uh, do a dramatic reading of the double page spread from Flashpoint Five that we both love so much. Oh, great. That sounds like a good way to get into the podcast and talking about everything that we just talked about for an hour and 45 minutes. You do that. I won't cut it. I will be right back. You ready? Sure. Okay, go. <laughs> I love that you can actually hear Jeff take off the headset. Um, I'm not really going to do much reading. I'm leaving this for Jeff. <laughs> we just see if he vaguely believes that I'm doing this. I'm... <laughs> Excuse me, dear listeners, I'm trying not to have a laughing fit. Anyway, I need to run back into the time stream, but I see three timelines. Why? Because the history of heroes was shattered into three long ago. Splintered to weaken your world for their impending arrival. You must all stand together. The timelines must become one again. You can help me fix that, Barry Allen, but at a cost. Arg. I could have done more than that, but I said not to. What? Who was that? What did she say? Barry? That's right. The double page spread that changed everything and made Jeff and I both simultaneously realize that Flashpoint 5 is the worst comic that we have read in 2011 and arguably 2010 and maybe any point in the last decade. He's not back yet. Jesus Christ, Jeff. You're only going to get coffee. Okay, I'm back. What happened? <laughs> Your timing is spectacular. Really? <laughs> because I just finished saying, he's not back yet. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Jeff, you're only going to get coffee. And then you came back, honestly, right at that point. Oh, oh, good. Okay, good. All I'm yeah. going to say is this. You want to edit that out, really. I will or won't? You should. Oh, damn. Why? Did you not read the page? I did, but I was had a giggling fit after you took your headset off. Oh, dude, that's like the best ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. This sounds like win-win-win all the way around. Because I decided I wasn't going to do it because I was having a giggling fit. And then you were gone for so long. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Oh, this is great. This is great. Maybe that'll be our cold open. Do you drink... Uh, you don't drink coffee, do you, Graham? I don't drink coffee, no. Although um, Kate has discovered Stumptown up here now do chilled coffee mm-hmm. in bottles that you can take home. Mm-hmm. And so that has been what she's been mainlining for the last few days. Mm. Almost as good, almost as good is uh, Nescafe Instant Decaf, which, uh, okay, you would laugh if you Nescafe anything is not good. Yeah, this is basically, it's like taster's choice. We switched to an instant decaf coffee because we had been drinking decaf. Coffee's getting a little expensive and it's kind of nice not being able to make a pot. So I wanted to ask uh, you, and by you, I mean the listeners of our fine podcast, if you happen to be able to recommend a good decaf instant coffee, send it to us at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com. Graham will probably not respond to that email, but... No, because I I don't drink coffee. I mean, I might say thank you. I was actually going to say, because Graham doesn't actually respond to the emails that people send to waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com. There's there's only like three that I've (laughs) got. What is particularly amusing about this, listeners, is in the earlier podcast, which no one will ever hear, I basically said that, and Jeff was like, no, you, you've done, you've responded to lots. So obviously this is the bizarro podcast. This, this is like... Je- well, Jeff has become like reverse Jeff. It's Yeah, exactly. I'm reverse Jeff, and this is the Flashpoint podcast. After having that entire one that like doesn't exist, that, that we did put so much effort into, that means nothing... 
So uh, you, you know what I've noticed while staring at this double page spread, by the way, from Flashpoint? Ooh, tell me. Um, so you've got uh, Barry Allen running across the, the page. Yes. The pose he's in at the end of that uh, run, uh, right on the right side of the page, I think is the pose he's in uh, at the very start of issue one. Oh. I don't have issue one next to me to check, but um, I, I have the strangest feeling it is. I have the strange feeling that that might be like the generic Barry Allen run pose. Interesting. What I noticed was that they had changed his costume, I guess. Yes. Yeah, because he's, he's, he comes out of it in the new continuity. Yeah, exactly. So, Which still makes no sense. I None know. of it makes, makes any sense. Yeah. It, it's just... <sighs> Flashpoint 5, Jeff. Somehow talking about it a second time makes it even more depressing. Doesn't it? It really does. We actually <laughs> had some cheap laughs the first time around. But, yeah, um... but this, this time we're just like... Uh, it's it's a comic that will make you hate comics. It's a comic that will just oh, it's I I, I really am just sighing. I'm sighing that <laughs> Jeff Johns was like, how am I going to finish Flashpoint? I know this is a good idea because it's not Jeff. It's yeah. it's a hideously hideously bad idea, and worse, it's a hideously bad idea that you carry out so shoddily. Yes. That I can't believe any editor was not like you might want to do a second draft. I know, I know. I mean, Actually, what, what if this is the second draft? I know. Well, here's the thing: I half suspect because of the the long ending sequence with Batman and the letter, which, as you pointed out, is a letter that comes from a timeline that has ceased to exist. So yeah, the letter. The I, I love that, though. I love that Barry Allen wakes up and he's got this letter. And instead of being like, what? Where did this letter come from? Because the letter is still closed when he delivers it to Batman. So he's not read it. Right. He somehow knows to run to the Batcave and deliver it. And doesn't say anything crazy like, hey, this letter, it's from your dad. I know your dad's dead. I know he's been dead for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I was I just made this alternate reality. Right. And then I unmade it by wrestling myself in the time stream that caused things to explode. And now everything's fine. But by the way, like I've apparently got two other universes like melted into ours. But apparently it's the way things are meant to be. This woman told me. I have no idea who she is. Uh, and look, look at my new shiny outfit. But here's, here's a letter. Here's a letter. It's from your dad. I, I mean, it doesn't really exist. It's very existence. It's kind of impossible. But just read it, because, like, it's sentimental. He's going to say he loves you and stuff. He might say that your mother's the Joker, but just ignore that part. <laughs> just, I didn't read say, Flashpoint Batman. Is is yeah, the Joker his uh, mom? Uh, uh, yeah, Martha Wayne, yeah. Oh, my God. I've got to go back and get those issues. I no, thought the first no, issue was no, attractive. No, you don't. <laughs> dude, come on. That's way better than any other bullshit that came out of – that was in Flashpoint 5. You well, know. yeah, but to be fair, anything is way better than any bullshit. That is true. Also, let's keep in mind, everyone, that Bruce Wayne's mom becomes the Joker because, according to Flashpoint number five, Barry Allen went back in time and saved his mom. No, no, but get, well, first of all, there's irony. Secondly, right. not only did that happen, mm-hmm. but because Barry Allen went back in time and saved his mother in, like, 1980... Hitler was killed by Frankenstein. Right. In the 1940s. Yes. Yeah. Because here's the thing. What a little known fact about the Allen family line. 
they have time stream in their blood. And so any change you make to the time, uh, to their lives, at any point in time, just right. ripples across time. Yeah. yeah. Anything. There was one day that I was meeting Barry Allen for lunch. Yes. And he was like, I think I'm going to have that donut. And I was like, don't have that donut because then you're going to run a lot and you might feel like barfing. And he's like, you're right. I'm not going to have that donut. And because of that change, yes. Wally West ceased to exist. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, it's, know, it's, it's a donut. It's actually called Crisis on Do- Infinite Donuts. Oh, man, I would buy the shit out of that series. <laughs> Get that and some waffles in there. Waffles um, in <laughs> You know, well, I think actually the great thing about it, a Flashpoint, is it really proves that truism about how interconnected we all are. You know, the one that says that if a butterfly flaps its wings in California... Bruce Wayne's mom becomes the Joker and punches somebody in the face. Also, did you read the start of um, Thomas Wayne's letter to Bruce? Because you can actually read it. You can, and the last Dear line. Dear son, there's yeah. only one thing I know about life. I know some things happen by chance, and you don't get to see the rest of the letter. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome to see what the rest of the letter is? Because think about it. He wrote this during Flashpoint. Yeah, at some point. He sat down. So he's like, you know, I know some things happen by chance. For example, this guy just ran into my house and was like, if I can get struck by lightning and have the right chemicals fall on me, then I'll get superpowers. And I was like, you're a nut. (laughs) And so, but we did it anyway. And he got seventh degree burns. And he went, "That, that was just my practice. (laughs) <laughs> and then we did it again. And he got superpowers. And I was like, well, if that can happen by chance, then maybe there's a timeline in which you're still alive and I'm going to write a letter to you. Actually, and by the way, your mother's the Joker. You're right. And <laughs> by the way, when I say everything has happened by chance, some things happen by chance, I mean nothing that just happened in the last five issues because it was all Barry Allen's fault. Also, I going to be like, oh, when I say something's happened by chance, I mean they happen really similarly. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> It's like, you know, I'm going to be Batman, you'll be Batman, there'll be a Joker, maybe it's your mother, maybe it's not. But the other thing is, maybe in this new timeline, the Joker is Bruce Wayne's mother. She didn't die, she had a sex change, and she became the Joker. Yes. We don't don't know that. That's how new the new 52 is. Have I just blown your mind, Jeff? You totally have. If you just kept going, you could have explained Canterbury Cricket, and I would have felt like... I don't know, some sense of... Oh, I, I can explain Counter-Barrier Cricket. Yes. So Mike Carlin's leaving DC Comics, right? To go and work for DC Entertainment. Oh, yeah. And he's like, how am I going to pay for to get on my shit over there? And Dan was like, I'll give you a one show. <laughs> there you go. Flashpoint 5, as we were saying, um, is stunningly bad. It is stunningly a terrible, terrible comic. Bad. Uh, uh, one thing that I, we mentioned that is worth mentioning again is that it is a comic that it, the, like the Flash itself, is able to go back in time and retroactively turn everything into turds. And by yes. everything we mean, <laughs> Flashpoint. Yeah, the first four issues of Flashpoint. Yeah, because I I really like the first three issues of Flashpoint. Yeah. And issue four, I didn't. Issue five, I hate with such a passion yeah. that I wish I could go back in time and stop myself reading the first three <laughs> issues of Flashpoint. It's it's appalling. It's so bad, and the like the twist at the start that it was actually Barry Allen who changed the time stream. Yes, it's just it makes so little sense. Mm-hmm. 
that, that there's no like I was like I said in the first podcast if you want to say that Jeff Johns pulled it out of his ass but he didn't because there's actually foreshadowing for it yes. which means at some point he thought about this and thought it was a good idea even though it goes against everything that Barry Allen is as a character yes absolutely also the enormous dumbassedness of having a character who gets amnesia over the incident that they have done that changes the timeline but can remember but nothing else is bullshit it is such <laughs> bullshit of like a major fucked up level I would like to quote as I did the first time this really nice bit from Tom Spurgeon uh, from the comics reporter where he said Flashpoint was not only a sprawling messy slightly barbaric fan fiction like dumbass death orgy on a lot of levels there were basic failures of logic in the crucial fifth issue and then he's got a parenthetical of dialogue you caused the timeline to shift how did I do all this exactly shut up you did it feel bad which really does explain that sequence it, it really does encapsulate so perfectly also the whole reverse flash thing mm-hmm. his dialogue is hilarious oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. The part, the part where he explains that because he was running through the time stream when Barry Allard altered the time stream, he's been freed from the shackles of his history. Yeah. How does that actually work? Yeah. Not only does that sound A insane and B improbable, but the best part is, since this is a comic book, we are told it in excruciating detail. Because that's how comic books work. Well, during lots of punching. Also, here's here's my question. Yes. So, Reverse Flash comes, he says he's removed from the timeline and exists outside it. Yes. Earlier on in Flashpoint, and especially in the Booster Gold tie-in issue, or at least the first one, which is the only one I read, because it's the only one they sent to me, because I'm not going to pay money for it. Um, they make a big point about the fact that there are no alternate timelines. The Flashpoint universe is the only universe. It's not an alternate timeline because there are no longer any alternate timelines. First of all, if that's the case, how does the reverse Flash exist? Secondly, if that's the case, how did that happen just because Barry Allen saves his mother? Barry Allen saves his mother. He doesn't become the Flash. Flash creates all alternate timelines. But Flash doesn't create alter- all alternate timelines. Oh, that's what you think, my friend. Uh... <laughs> well, apparently he does. It's, um, do you remember Matt Fraction explaining why Spider-Man bailed on everyone in Fear Itself, where he's like, you can't say that would never happen because it just did. That's exactly the logic that Fear Itself 5 is based on. Oh, it's yeah. an entire comic of, you say this is impossible, what do you say now, bitches? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That is what Fear Itself is. It's astonishing. Yeah, it it is uh, it is indeed astonishing and terrible, uh, and uh, I, and the exposition, most expositiony like main event I think that I've ever read, where the majority of the five issues are people explaining things to each other and very little actually happened. It really is. I mean, the majority of the series is Flash and Batman talking to each other. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like things like this probably happens. Well, maybe this happens. What about this happens? What I also kind of love is I would say a good third of Flashpoint 5. Mm-hmm. I would say Flashpoint 5 splits into, no, in fact, let's say it splits into four, okay? But they're not four evenly spaced. Okay. You've got like maybe seven issues at the start, which is the showdown with Reverse Flash, which is right. basically exposition about how Flashpoint came to be. Yes. 
you've got the bit towards the end where the Flash, through reasons that do not make any fucking sense whatsoever, catches up with himself and therefore not only stops himself creating the Flashpoint universe, but somehow creates a whole new DC universe. Again. Apparently when the Flash like runs through time, just shit happens. Yes. I mean, this is like no matter what he's doing, shit is going to happen. Yeah. Um, you've got the bit at the end which, where, you know, Batman takes an entire page to read a letter. And he really does. Go and look. It's an entire page to read a letter. It, Batman, a very slow reader. because Very. He's sweat. methodical. He's like checking he's, the handwriting against his memories of, of his father. Yeah, he totally is like clue. It, actually, wouldn't it be great if Batman turned out to be illiterate? That would be like the best news <laughs> of like the do Batman in the new 52. It's he, like, just, he just starts to walk uh, to Barry and he's like, I, I can't read. I can't read. That would be great. Um, no, but, but the like, <laughs> second fourth of this book, the second quark of this book, it's literally a fight that exists purely to make you think that maybe the Flashpoint tie-ins had a purpose for existing. Like the double page spread where the resistance appear, they've never appeared before in this series yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. And then basically they appear for one more panel and then they're gone. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally great. It's totally like... And then you have, like, Superman appearing, and he's like, I'm going to punch people. And then you have Gorilla Grodd appearing from out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And say, kill them, kill them all. Kill them all, and it's Grodd, you too. Actually, yeah, I just it's noticed... It's Aquaman who has had enough at that point. Yeah, <laughs> that, that totally would be, like, yeah. I, You know, I just realized that, A, Superman landed right on the Enchantress. Yes. Which is kind of... It has that like oh Jeff Johns in fact there's <laughs> it is classic Jeff Johns there there's the hand flying which is hilarious like you've got the little decapa hand uh, and then I just realized like the Enchantress is magic like you would have to think that if there's anyone that could survive Superman landing on them you know what I mean I think the argument there might genuinely be like laws of physics that he's traveling so fast that it's not his invulnerability that kills her also can't she. Isn't she a teleporter? Don't we show her teleporting everywhere? No, she, no, she like is. Her? But she just didn't teleport back then because the plot had her. Oh, Tele- of course. She's like, wait a minute. That looks like somebody's taint flying at me. That, and that, that, looks, that looks like my death train. And then, <laughs> then she just... I mean, but it's just... There's, it's not even Jeff Johns by numbers. It's Jeff Johns' parody by numbers. Yeah. Grifter's saying, let's clean this mess up. And then the judge goes, what if I like it messy? That's that's banter. Seriously, that's the best that you could do. It's just, oh, it. Uh, and not only that, you get to the end of the five issue series, mm-hmm. or not even the end of the five issue series. You get to him leaving the Flashpoint world, yeah. and you realize there has been absolutely no payoff for any of the plot threads that were raised throughout the book. Yes, none. Not even yep. lip service of them. No, not no, no. It's so clearly like, hey, and guess what? None of this matters. I mean, in theory, it's all fucked up in levels that are impossible to resolve. But really, yeah, none of this matters. And I, it, kind of, it kind of makes the Flash. I don't want to say a worse hero because at this point, like honestly, for the Flash to decide after earlier on in the series saying I'm never going to travel back in time, traveling in time is really dangerous. Right. Like after him is spending like a page in issue two explaining why time travel is really bad right for him for them then to go oh do you know this all exists because he did that 
right. I think is is a just carried her assassination. Yeah. I, but for him then to go Well and then he travels everyone, back in time again to no, throw himself off the treadmill. Yeah, but everyone's blown up. Mm-hmm. The world ends and so I'm running away. Yeah. It's another like, Barry, you're a dick. Yeah, no, I mean, this is one of those real things that uh, I'm I'm sure we'll talk about the trial of Flash briefly, because Lord knows we did previously. This is such a deja vu heavy episode. But I kind of have this thing of like, if Barry Allen was really a superhero in sort of the Silver Age sense, or even the way that sort of like, if Grant Morrison was handling this story, Barry would fix the Flashpoint world as well as come back to reality. Yes, Barry would solve everything yeah. and then fix reality. Yeah. But there's there's such a weird lack of like, oh, this is what you did, millions of people died. Whether or not we believe that, that's the bullshit setup that it is. But then his reaction is, okay, well I'm just gonna run away from it and undo it, rather than this idea of like all these people, all this stuff has has sprung into existence. It's really weird because the whole setup of issue four was essentially up until that point, he'd been saying, none of this really matters. It's not real. Right. And then issue four, he's like, it doesn't matter. All these people are dying. Mm-hmm. And then issue five was pretty much, ah, it doesn't matter. Right. And they have this weird flip, and then they flip back. Like, the, the flip in issue four makes sense. It was really dull, but it made sense. It made sense that he was like, I'm a superhero no matter what. I'm going to try and save these people. Right. For him exactly. then in issue five to be like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to undo it all. It's well, really, really weird. And also, again, it's weird because he's already said, I'm not going to try and change time. And right. so for him to be like, well, I fucked up last time and changed time, it'll be much better when I try and change time this, this time. This time, when I change the fuck up, it's that two wrongs do make a right. Exactly. <laughs> I'll totally be okay. This is like the double negative of time travel. It's totally cool. Don't worry. I'm not, and, and yeah, it is. It's this weird, like, oh, all these people that came into existence because I fucked this up, I'll take care of it by now wiping all of them out of existence, but it's okay because the world's going to end anyway. It's it's an inherently anti-heroic concept, you know? I, you know what also made me realize in a weird way? Wally West is so much better a character. Oh, God, because, yes. No, because Wally West, whenever he's in a situation like this, mm-hmm. Wally West's link to reality mm-hmm. is his wife. Barry's link to reality seems to be that he's sad his mother died. Well, and there's even the bullshit sequence with his mom where his mom tells him that he's got to make the focus be himself, you know? Did you catch that where she does this thing where she's like, you were drawn back to me when you started to break the time barrier like a lightning rod, which is the focus point that they always talk about with Wally and Linda and stuff. If you focus on yourself, wouldn't you be drawn to the right time? Now, not only does that not really make much sense to me, I guess. I mean, I guess she's no, no, saying... I, I mean, it really genuinely makes no sense, especially because even on that page, this is how much Flashpoint falls down in terms of logic. He says, I can't travel to the past without a cosmic treadmill. And she's like, well, why don't you just travel to the past without a cosmic treadmill by thinking about yourself? Yeah, I can't accurately travel to the... Well, I think it's maybe it's the accurately. So the whole thing, I guess her thing is, is like, no, you could go back in time and stop yourself by focusing on you. And again, this is this weird meta aspect to if there if there is a successful meta aspect to Flashpoint. And I, I would argue right now that there is not. But if there is, 
like the idea that by focusing on yourself you will be able to go back in time seems to say everything about what's wrong with the approach to superheroes these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know what's very odd about when they actually meet? Mm. The coloring. Yeah. You've noticed that Flashpoint Barry, for want of a better way of putting him, has a darker costume mm-hmm. than other Barry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is that meant to say exactly? I think that is meant to be that he's the more gritty, real Flash, but not in the good way, you know? In in the idea that there's all this, the meta crap going on about Flashpoint is, oh, if we give you real superheroes, no one would really enjoy them and we're showing it to you in this Flashpoint world. I think Barry's, the Flashpoint of Barry is he's supposed to be a darker, more real, but it doesn't make any sense. He's the same character. That's sort of more or less the point. And also the one that you see running backwards on the treadmill is kind of being a doofus. So I don't know. I, I What does it mean that the only way that anyone changes clothes in the DC universe is by creating a new universe? Maybe. Maybe that's it. It's, so sorry, people who want to change their outfits in the new DC universe. You're gonna have to change time. To gonna do have it. to change. It's 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 an infinite. It's fashion crisis. It's a it's <laughs> an infinite fashion crisis is the problem. Uh, you know the amazing thing to me, and the listeners will not know this, is how much we are able to talk about that book and say things differently than what we said the first time. It is very strange. It's because we, you know, what it is? It's because last time we just hated the book. It's this time we're talking about the book. Mm, that could be it. That, that, that is genuinely what you, you missed before, listeners, last time. We we honestly just spent like 20 minutes talking about how much we hated the book. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot more comical jokes, but the analysis wasn't as good. So uh, now should should we talk about Justice League number one since I read that right after reading Flashpoint and was appalled? And, and I read it before reading Flashpoint and I liked it. And I said – and I think this is the point that you're getting at, that had I read Flashpoint first, I think I would have hated Justice League. Yeah. I think Flashpoint... I, I, Flashpoint sucked... <laughs> Flashpoint sucked the joy in comics from... <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I know that sounds horrifically melodramatic, but it's also not incredibly miles away from the truth. It actually it made me not want to read any other Jeff Johns comics and maybe not read any other Sabir comics for a while. Mm-hmm. It, I, it really was that much of a just a horrible horrible mess. I, I, I said last time, as you've heard, no one else has, um, that it's not even failing to make the landing, it's crashing the plane into the ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so true. It really was um, a spectacular failure. In the not not it in the it surpasses the it's so bad it's good thing to like it's so bad it's just terrible. Yeah, it's 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 horrible. It, and I mean, it's it's got to there's got to have been some level of like rush rewrite or rush to get it done or something because. Honestly, Jeff Jones is normally not that sloppy. He really isn't. He really isn't. In fact, I, I would say that that uh, Flashpoint is the best argument against a creator getting in shape that I have ever read 
You know what I mean? Like Jeff Johns. No, what, what do you mean by getting in shape? Well, I mean the Jeff Johns, like, you know, he totally started, he got buff. He worked out. He's running around wearing t-shirts that, you know, show off his like arms and stuff like that. The, the guy then proceeded to write some pretty crappy comic books. I'm not sure that he's written a good comic book since he started working out at the gym. That's what I'm <laughs> when did he start working at the gym? Do you have a date? I, you know, I don't, I think it was, what, a year and a half ago? Like, maybe something? Like, I just, re- I remember, no, it was, okay, was it two years ago that we were at uh, Comic-Con together? It must have been. God, it must have been. That's depressing. It is depressing. I remember being outside and eat, having drinks with some people that I were not you, I realize now, but I will leave unnamed. And Jeff John sort of came out and walked down the steps, and he was wearing sort of this sort of tight t-shirt that was like oh was, it, was, it, was and... this the, the, the mythical one the, uh, the mythical meeting uh the, the the my mythical meeting no no the mythical meeting with with uh an acquaintance of ours the the dc entertainment meeting it might have been that would have I... that would have made it last year no then it wasn't well okay, okay. no 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 Wait, when did i meet lauren davis was that last year or two years no ago? two years ago okay so it was definitely two years ago so two years ago, he was walking around and looking much buffer than when I'd seen him several years ago. So I'm going to say, for sake of argument, that 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 he, he got buff around that time and since then has used time that he could have spent making his comic scripts not suck, uh, you know, working out. Well, he should he should work on that then, to be perfectly honest with you, because Flashpoint 5 is... Just a horrendous, horrendous comic. Well, but here's the thing. I'm trying to spin it as an argument against, against working, working out. out. Yeah, as opposed to an argument against comic books, which it I, probably... I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to spin it as an argument against comic books, because holy crap. Yeah. Although, but, yes. you know, we talked about this before, but we didn't really come to a conclusion. This honestly made me regret all of Flashpoint. However, yes. I still might think I enjoyed Flashpoint more, even now than I have for yourself. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it definitely is one of those, we'll see, because I enjoyed the first two, three issues of Flashpoint, and I also just thought it was better done. Like, there was a level of competence to it until it flubbed this landing. So I'll be very curious. Like, Fear Itself has another two issues? Yes. And so Fraction's got a lot more space and arguably time to plant a landing. Technically, all he has to do is land as opposed to crash and he's good i only give him a 50 50 shot at it what's interesting though is he's got a lot more to land because flashpoint is actually a really simple story it's true flashpoint was essentially flash wakes up things aren't right flash has to solve them right really fear itself has a lot more moving parts yeah, yeah yeah no agreed and fraction has done a horrible job with them that's why it's sort of shocking that that um that John's fucked this up. This it's, really... it's, it's, the, it's the last minute reveal. Yeah. It's the idea that it wasn't reverse flash, it was flash. Yeah. That just makes no sense. And it actually, it really does make everything else worse. Because everything before that seemed like it was building up to right. the fact that reverse flash did this, not least of which was a fucking reverse flash one shot, which yes. showed him changing time mm-hmm. as part of Flashpoint's event. Like, all of that all of a sudden becomes moot. Right. And also, let's mention, because I think that this was entirely a good point, uh, is that 
Jeff Johns had an entire series before this with which he could have set up the idea that Barry does what he does according yeah. to Reverse Yeah, there, there is nothing, nothing, nothing at any point in any of Jeff Johns' previous Flash stories to suggest that Flash would ever consider going back in time and trying to change the murder of his mother. And actually, he even goes back at the end of, of Rebirth. Mm-hmm. To that point, mm-hmm. and doesn't change it. Yeah, that's true, right? So you already have this situation where, so yeah. Uh... So so in order in order for Flashpoint Five to work, Barry Allen has to be act entirely out of character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He then has to forget acting out of character mm-hmm. for no immediately apparent reason, mm-hmm. other than the plot demanded it. Yeah. And then at the end, he has to recreate the universe and restore the universe to what it once was, even though we've never seen it being that before. Yes. Through stopping himself doing something, mm-hmm. which you think would just restore it to the old DCU, not the DCU as it's always meant to be, even though we've never seen it before. Right. Plus, you have the the weird female figure that you said was uh, Diane. Yeah, it's definitely Diane Nelson. It's Diane Nelson. She's uh, been talking to Grant Morrison a lot. Mm-hmm. She was like fiction suits. You say that's awesome, but I don't. <laughs> I don't just want to appear in the Invisibles and Animal Man. I want to be on every single fucking DC book. Yes. And yeah. then it's like it's okay. I'm going to give you a hood. No one will know it's you. No one will know. And while you're at it, if you could throw in something about the history of heroes being splintered into three groups, and now it's coming back um, in a way that makes absolutely no sense, and it means that we're supposed to pretend Wildstorm comics were always part of the DCU. Well, it just makes sense. Think about all the classic Wildstorm stories. You've always thought, shouldn't Superman be here? Mm-hmm. Remember that spectacular run on the Authority with Mark Miller, where they essentially fought the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, reading that, you know, I bet somewhere Superman's really busy, like fighting another Hulk. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Like knowing that those stories take place in the DCU makes so much more sense now. It, yeah, it, it fills in all those gaps. It does, doesn't it? Wow. Awesome. And that, now having Majestic and Apollo and Superman in the same fictional universe. It, it just, it makes sense. Because what it is, clearly, they're brothers. Dude! The last sons of Krypton. Dude, it totally makes sense! That would be the best rom-com ever. And do you want me to blow your mind even more? Oh, don't I? The awesome comics universe. That being Rob Liefeld's characters. That wow. also belongs in the DC universe because it was actually split into four Uh huh. but that hooded woman doesn't even know that there's another hooded woman behind her who's going it's been split into four on are you stupid come on four not three did you can't you count and Supreme is standing behind her being like come on me please come on can I just go please come on oh Graham it's here's, it's here's you, where you just I... wait you just wait could I counter blow your brain Please do. I've never heard of a counter blow before, but I'm looking forward to it. Supreme is actually the closeted version of Apollo. They've got the same... You have blown my brain. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, 
is the hair that tipped me off. So what so. you're saying is he's closeted? Yes. Wait, so a bit Apollo. Mm-hmm. Apollo Apollo is Superman's gay brother that has come out. Before he came out, he was actually supreme and in the closet and having the adventures that he was having. So what you're saying is supreme is the Apollo of Earth 2. That works as well. Oh, he's the straight Apollo is what you're saying, of Earth 2. Yeah. So is like Earth 3 the bicurious Earth, or how exactly does that yeah, that's what what has actually happened is Batwoman on Earth three uh-huh. is straight, but there's been some like crossovers that neither of them are actually fully aware of. <laughs> it's it's all going to be explained in an upcoming miniseries. It, I'm very very excited. Boy, I have to say I'm pretty excited by the idea of splitting up the uh, Earths by like sexual gender and then just checking them out. Just checking them out. <laughs> that's a, a good turn of phrase right there. Thank you. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean by checking the heads, Jeff? I, 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 who can really say, Graham? I... <laughs> You're like, I mean exactly what you think I mean. Yeah, exactly. I refuse to say one way or the other. Uh, Trial of the Flash, the showcase. Hey, you've not even talked about Justice League. Oh, where are we? We even, we even promised we were going to talk about Justice League. Did just we? Before we got up and... I don't know. It's yeah, really. Been, it's been so long. How long are we going to wrap this up in? Listeners, notice it took us an hour and 45 minutes before uh, I found out we weren't recording. So, And I'm just hoping that we are recording this time. because I'm, I'm seeing the counter. Everything leads me to suspect that we are recording well, this. Well, we'll see what happens. Justice League, Jeff, you didn't like it. Tell me why. Uh, it felt like a retooled Justice League Secret Origins pitch. A. B. It had dark side in it. C. That suggests to me that if it had been a Secret if it had been a Secret Origins story, it's like Justice League come together over Darkseid. That's cool. As the first title of a new universe, it suggests that they are just going to be breaking out the greatest hits, that there's going to be no attempt to innovate, and that they are going to continue to do what they have done before the relaunch, which is cash in on previously created titles and cachet and trying to make you go, whoa, with the new context. And I hate that. My counterpoint to that, Jeff, is this. Have you seen the lineup of the first 52? Why are you surprised? I, but, dude, you're just so totally... I always hate when you do that whole, like, really, Jeff? You were going to be <laughs> optimistic? No, seriously. I, I see your point. Mm-hmm. But for the first launch, for the high-profile launch... yes. Given that not one of their 52 launch books is a new character. Yes. Why are you surprised that they are not, that they're basically going with quote unquote safe, proven material and characters? I'm okay with safe, proven material, but my thing is, is like creating new villains, especially when you've got Jeff Johns and Jim Lee, who are the two guys who are sort of the 900 pound gorillas and are in a way supposed to be setting an example. You know what I mean? Like DC is supposed to have a thing where it rewards people for new characters and new thinking. And uh, I'm breaking that into two parts. But the fact that the two heads of DC, the guys who are launching with the first book out of the new gate, have very explicitly chosen to do the same old shit. I, I, I genuinely think that they could not 
have gotten away with a new villain for the first storyline. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm seriously, seriously believe that. I think there would have been such uproar because it would have been just like when Bendis created his first ultimate uh, Spider-Man villain. I think everyone would have been like, this guy isn't half as good as Darkseid, Lex Luthor, the Joker, whoever. I think they had to go with a big name existing villain. See, I, I would buy this argument if you were not talking about fucking Geldof. Like, let's face it, Bendis's villain was terrible. That I know, was I, shitty. No, sure, but people completely hated him before he was even properly revealed to be shitty. There's really? This, yes. Uh, you probably have a better memory of this than I do. I was kind of like, okay, new villains. And then when he came up, I was like, that was terrible. And then it was like, okay, we're never going to do that again. You know? And that was... I thought that that was kind of a drag, but I also appreciated the fact that there was an attempt. I'm sorry. I do trust Jeff Johns and Jim Lee to come up with a better character than fucking Geldof. Sure, but why do you want to take that risk on your first storyline for your lead book? Why don't you do it on the second storyline? Because you're going to sell 200,000 copies of this guaranteed no matter what's inside the book. But if you fall flat on your face, you fall flat on your face in front of 200,000 people. Well, and they just did it now as far as I'm concerned and they did it with fucking Darkseid, Batman, and Green Lantern, so I think that they're in some serious shit. <laughs> also, another thing that... I, I like how in the second go-round we're much more passionate. We're like, fuck you! Fuck you, Graham! You don't know what you're talking about! Everyone's like, what did it sound like the first time? We were like, hee tee hee hee uh, I have to point out that I... I you know, I mean, see, this is the problem. So many of my jokes are spontaneous. I can never redo them the second time around. I, know, I get the same sort of laughs. I'm like, it's, fucking it's like, shit. It's like the second time around is the much less funny podcast. I don't. know. I know. We had so many listeners. You would have laughed and laughed. I talked about how that uh, appearance of, of Vic playing football looked like a Subway comic strip, you know, that they were running to tie in with Green Lantern. So good. So not yeah. funny now. <laughs> you know, we did talk about it though, and we should probably go into it again. Yes. How crappy Jim Lee's art looks. Yeah, really weird in this one, right? Like It's really oddly scratchy. It's uh, You said before, it looked really flat, which is completely true. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's really odd. It, it's... It looks really like... I mean, there are definitely moments where it's great. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're, but I think the moments where it's great are like panels as opposed to pages. Yeah, unless those pages happen to be splash pages, in which case they're kind of okay, I guess. Like I'm looking at that splash page where Green Lantern shows up and Batman's looking at him. I'm not actually sure that's such a great splash. Oh no, no, I, I, I kind of hate that. I think that's a really badly done page. But at the same time, I like the splash of Superman at the end. Uh, yeah, Splash of Superman was good. And uh, actually, a couple of pages, two or three pages after that, uh, after the the, um, the Splash you're talking about, about Green Lantern and Superman, yeah. when Batman is jumping off the roof and Green Lantern's flying behind them, I really like that panel. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice panel. But there's an awful lot of work that's scratchy, an awful lot that's unclear. The storytelling is really weird. Yeah. The storytelling is really weird, as Graham and I pointed out the first time. There's actually two panels where Jeff Johns falls back on the old trick of describing what just happened. And sadly, one of them, the panel where the parademonite changes into some sort of Transformer dog thing, I didn't know what was happening there until Green Lantern actually says it in the next panel. Yeah, which is a problem. Yeah, Uh, It's... I don't know, it's just... 
maybe the maybe this is how Jim Lee draws now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe he's doing extra sketchy work because he's trying to get it done on deadline, or maybe Scott Williams is a bad inker for him now. Because yeah. what the pencils when they show you the pencils for the, the cover in the back of the book, mm-hmm. I think it's much better pencils than it is when it's inked. Mm-hmm. 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 Also yeah. something really weird. Have you noticed the Wonder Woman's not wearing pants in the penciled one and she is wearing pants in the inked one? Uh no, I did not notice that. Because of course my cover is she's pantsless, so No no no, but in the inside. On the yeah, inside. Yeah, you know, the stages of a cover at the end. Yeah. So yeah. so my thing is is why did they put the pants on her on the finished off version and then take them off them on the version that I have? Uh because they keep on changing it. It actually says when it uh, talks about the designs there was much debate on Princess Diana's likewear. Princess, by the way, completely misspelled. Princess spelt is in the plural of princes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, look at that. They left off that second S. Good job. I'm so glad that they're paying so much attention. <laughs> well done, editor. Also, well I've, done. I said before, the cover is like the worst design cover I've seen in a long time. And I don't mean the art is bad, although the art is not great. And I don't mean the logo is bad, because I kind of like the logo. But there are so many different fucking typefaces on this front cover that I have. Mm-hmm. That it's just... It's ugly, and it's so busy. Yeah. Yeah. It, you... It's a, it's an overwhelming and ugly cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing that's worth saying is, is the first time you're saved by not hearing our first version, hearing me uh, curse at Graham for getting the digital pack... From sent free to him from DC. Yeah, I, I got the combo pack. Although I've, not, down, pack. I've not downloaded the the digital version yet. I've oh my god! Something. Get I with just, it, man. I, why? I don't know. I've, I've read the comic. It's I've got been, the comic right in front of me. Graham, like you've <laughs> got to have a copy on the iPad in case of fire. And you're like, oh god, it's just like that time in Justice League number one where. Uh, hold on, let me open up the iPad here and. Oh, yeah, see, this panel right here is just like that, where Green Lantern's got, like, fire engines all over Gotham, like, putting out fires. Didn't that seem kind of weirdly omnipotent to you? That's exactly how he goes, though. That's, that's how he rolls. Uh, you should mention that you actually really like this take on Hal Jordan. Oh, yes, yes. I will. This version of Hal Jordan is my new hero version of Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan, who is arrogant, a dick, and talks about himself continually in the third person... I will read that Green Lantern forever. I want, I want Green Lantern who is literally going to show up, be a dick and be like, hey, baby, Green Lantern's on the case. That is the Green Lantern I want to read. Which is interesting because it's somehow different from Guy Gardner, which when you described it is the way that Guy Gardner usually is. And yet this is different somehow. Yeah, no, it is. Because you get the idea that uh, Guy Gardner is like angrily arrogant, whereas yes. this guy is just vain. Yeah, he's actually kind of in love with himself. The Hal Jordan, who's incredibly, incredibly pleased with himself, is actually really kind of comical and great. Uh, uh, and also, I, I think it's worth pointing out that the... I, I really like the Justice League one starts off with basically the two most well-known to the mainstream um, DC characters right now, and it ends with them discovering the third. Yeah. I think for the mythical new readers who may or may not be picking this book up, I think that's a really nice introduction. Yeah. Uh, I I did too, but again, I'm like... Uh, well, the I've, dark... I've, I've seen a lot of people complain that all of the Justice League isn't in the first issue. Right. And that seems... 
I could just imagine a version where all of the Just League are in the first issue, and those same people complaining that it's too full. Sure. Do you course. know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I honestly, the reactions to Justice League number one mm-hmm. has more than anything just reminds me of that haters gonna hate thing. <laughs> or alternately, my new slogan, which will soon be on a wait what t shirt coming to us, haters gonna read Flashpoint 5 first. <laughs> that is uh, sadly, sadly true. I also. I've just realized because the last podcast didn't record, we can't rem- I can't remember the wonderful slogan they came up with. Oh shit! It was so good, wasn't it? Fuck! Uh, it was like, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. I, first of all, I'm really sorry that we keep on repairing back to this podcast and no one will ever hear. But it's very frustrating for us, as I'm sure you can imagine. And number two, Jeff and I had talked on the other podcast about our desire to do our desire. That's probably too strong. Yeah, it's a little strong. Yeah. Our openness to the concept of doing weight what merchandise. Because exactly. various people have actually mentioned this to us in the past. Um, and we've realized that the two things that people want us to make both prominently include the word fuck. Yes. So we have to come up with a non-fuck slogan. Exactly. And I thought that I'd come up with one and because can I can now. Because it's worth remembering, and as soon as I say this, Graham's going to go, oh, that's right, is Graham has been watching Friday Night Lights and is up to somewhere in the middle of the season. I'm up to, I'm up to the uh, middle of the second, of the fourth season. Fourth season, uh, okay. Which means that, thanks very much, Netflix, I'm not going to get to see the fifth season because it's not on there yet. So I'm so close to the end. Oof. But anyway, um, Friday Night Lights has got phrase, phrase um, clear head, full heart, can't lose. Yes, and I was going to suggest that we change that to clear eyes, full long box, can't lose. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we'll be here all week. We, just, <laughs> we, we actually might be just trying to... We, at this rate, seriously, son of a bitch, it's practically <laughs> next week now. So, now, Jeff, you actually made notes for once, which is hilarious. So you can remind me what else we have to talk about. Okay. We're not going to talk about Dark Knight because we did that before and also it turned out that you hadn't actually read Dark Knight this week. Yeah. I, oh. That, that is weak, I can't even week. believe that you actually remembered <laughs> the bitchy part from that. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, that's the way my mind works. Next week, dear listeners, uh, Jeff will have read Dark Knight again. I will keep it out of the library and reread it and we will have a, a head-to-head about Dark we Knight. We will. We will. But instead, we will first, I will thank all of the fine listeners who bothered to send us a email to waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com. We invite you to do the same. And so, I, I might actually try and respond to everyone. Although, as we said, you respond to everyone, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, as I do have a little bit more time in the sense that I'm not currently writing for 10 websites simultaneously. So it's a little easier for me to it's drop only like five notes back. Well, yeah, but you do the work of two although, people. Although today website, I actually so. came up with an idea of something I once pitched to another website. No, get out. Graham, this is crazy. It's <laughs> well, like I, was, I was writing this thing for spinoff and I was like, wait, I could do this for this other organization. So nice. we'll see if I have any free time to do it. Wow. That is crazy. So yes, uh, Eventually, if you write us, you will hear from Graham. You will almost certainly hear from me, although some of you didn't hear back from me until just today. I apologize for that. But the fine listeners who have emailed us already, the Legion of Honor um, include Alan Purcell, Mike Walker, Maurice Walker, Adam Nave, Ian Brill, Jason Pitzel-Waters, Chris Beckett, Murray Fox, 
Christopher Peterson and the wonderful John K. UK, who also writes for the Savage Craig sites. We are super grateful to all of you and anyone who wants to uh, drop us a note at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com. We welcome it and we'll do our best to reply um, without losing it like we did the podcast we just recorded. No, it, we will we will take much more care and attention with your emails <laughs> than we will our own words. Yes. Oh, God, so true.